Good evening, everybody. Welcome in to the debut episode of the Scarlet and Gray podcast, the very first episode. I am Tyler Johnson. I am joined by some guys that I wanted to do a show with for a long time, and this dream's finally becoming a reality. Jordan Dalton, Nick Lazier. Gentlemen, how are we doing this evening? Man, I am so excited. <laughs> oh, man. It's going to be a good time. I haven't been this excited for a season since probably last season, but I'm ready to go again. Yeah, yeah, definitely right. Definitely excited for the season to get underway. And um, before we get into what we're going to be talking about tonight, remember, guys, that Network 216 is proud to be partners with Underdog Fantasy. And right now, Best Ball Mania 3 is going on for your chance to win $10 million. You have the opportunity to draft your lineup in a draft lobby. It's not like DraftKings and FanDuel where you have a salary cap to pick your team. You actually get to draft the players you want. And right now, use code 216, and they will double your first deposit up to $100. The NFL season is only three weeks away. You want to make sure you get in before that for your chance to win $10 million. Again, use two, use code 216 so they can double your first deposit up to $100. So, guys, before we get into what we're going to talk about tonight, kind of just an overview of the show itself. I mean, we're going to give you Ohio State football previews. We're going to give you weekly previews, recruiting class updates, guys, name it. I mean, we're going to have everything for you. And I know we're all excited about this. This is an opportunity to talk Ohio State football and be the exclusive Ohio State football show of Network 216. So we're excited to bring it to you guys. And remember, be sure drop to um, drop a follow on the Twitch channel if you aren't following us already. And remember, you can subscribe for free with Amazon Prime. So there is a crown on your screen. Be sure to click that crown and you could subscribe for free with Amazon Prime. Gentlemen, we are so close to the season, three weeks away from the from the season. I mean, how are you guys feeling about that? I mean, it's been a long – we've had a long wait from football, especially because we're all Browns fans. It's felt like this has lasted forever. But knowing we're three weeks away from the season, how are you guys feeling about that? Yeah, so I think – for a lot of us, uh, these football season and stuff, it's like what we look forward to in the off season. Or we like have it marked on our calendar when when that first game is. And uh, I think this year, especially after what we went through last year with with CJ coming in and really showing out, and honestly should have been the Heisman Trophy winner, but we're not going. We'll get to that later. Um, I, th- I think expectations are extremely high for the team. Um, and probably the highest they've been since since Ryan Day's been coach. So, yeah, man, I'm I'm jacked up. I'm ready to go. I mean, like like Ryan Day quoted out, man, having such a successful season like last year and winning the Rose Bowl. That's that's really good everywhere else. But at Ohio State, it's kind of like the decent. Yeah, I mean, it's over- you know he obviously has a national championship on his mind. And uh... yeah, and I think I think a big thing is that a lot of people don't really talk about is that Ohio State is trying to get to the level of Alabama. Like we want to be that team that's in the national championship every single year, and and with the recruiting classes we have, we're, we're there's Alabama, and then there's everybody else. And I think Ohio State's really trying to get to that point where where it's Ohio State and Alabama just fighting for that crown every year. 
So mm-hmm. I think I think this is the year um, where that expectation is is there for the national championship. You know, we're going into the preseason ranked number two on every poll, right behind Alabama, and and so I think national championship or bust is is something that we're going to have to live up to. And, and that means not losing a single game that's going out there, blowing out every opponent. So I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to definitely get this season going underway. Um, you know, previewing what is to come with our schedule, um, who we lost, who's going to be stepping up to fill major roles with the team. Uh, I think big, big uh, holes are going to be in that wide receiver room. Um, we have Jackson Smith and Jigbo coming back, and he's a he's a bona fide superstar out there as a wideout. But there's there's three other receiver positions that are going to need, you know, those roles stepped up. And CJ Stroud's going to get them the ball. They're just going to have to make the plays and and do what needs to be done to to get those doves. So I'm I'm super excited. This offense is going to be electric. Can't wait to can't wait to preview it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And before we get into just this season in general, some of the outgoings that the Buckeyes had just overall, I mean, you lose Chris Olave, you lose Garrett Wilson, Thayer Munfer, that that's going to be big on the offensive line. Nicholas Petit Ferrer losing him. I mean, you lost a good amount of offensive linemen that are very solid players. You lose Jeremy Rucker, your star tight end. So Ohio State does have some losses that they have to overcome on that side of the ball. And for you guys, who is the biggest loss overall for the Buckeyes, either on offense or on defense? Who do you think is the guy that, like, we're really going to miss? Because Ohio State does replenish their talent every single year. There's no doubt about that. But who do you think they will miss the most? That's that's tough because you right off the bat, you're looking at the, the draft, right? And those those top two players that win in the draft are wide receivers. Yeah. But our biggest expectation for those players that are coming in uh, like the receivers are that they're going to step up and they're going to produce just as much as, as Wilson and Olave. So, I mean, you could look at the defensive side of the ball, um, but shoot, like we lost master T, but he wasn't even a starter. And then uh, Jeremy Rucker, is going to be a big hole, not only catching the ball, but blocking, uh, but we're going to have Kate Stover filling in there Uh G. Scott, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be a wideout playing tight end. Yeah. Oh, sure. um, but he's going to he's going to get a lot of touches this year. Uh, we're going to be definitely. It's going to be it's going to be good to see you know Tuck Borland's out, so Tommy Eichenberg stepping in. He's going to be a captain this year. Yeah. Uh, so I know they're expecting big things, and uh, so I, it's Ohio State, man. Like we're going to be. We're going to be feeling, you know, probably early on, but we, you know, we reload, restock, and those guys coming in are going to be running the show for sure. So they're going to feel, they're going to find their roles quick and it's going to be an explosive. Honestly, explosive man, I think we're, we're forgetting about Haskell Garrett in the middle of that D line, man. I mean, that mm-hmm. dude, I mean, he's a fifth year guy. He plugged the holes in the middle. I mean, he's going to be a bigger loss than I think a lot of fans like really anticipate because that dude was an anchor in the middle of that D line and he was always bringing it. So 
Yeah, and, and Tyreek Smith, you lose him too. I mean, another another D line guy. So, I mean, yeah. that D line will be ready to go, though. I mean, Zach Harrison, yeah, being a senior, he's Zach got to lead everything out. He's got to be let down overall, but yeah, he, he's got to be bringing it this year for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I think for me, the biggest loss is I would say Jeremy Ruckert. I think. Right now, you have G. Scott Jr., you have Cade Silver. They really haven't proven that they have produced at Ohio State when given reps at the tight end position. So I think right now that's probably the biggest hole that I can think of as far as, like, players we've lost. I mean, you lose Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, but, I mean, we're going to get into the guys that are going to replace those players. And Brian Hartline just reloads at that position every single year with the recruiting job that he does. So, I mean, for me, I think it's Jeremy Rucker. That's just such – I think that's a bigger loss than a lot of people think. So for me, I think it's definitely Jeremy Rucker. But real quick, I want to give a shout out. The Lineman La- um, the Lineman Lounge subscribe to Twitch channel with Prime. So thank you so much uh, for subscribing to the channel. We really do appreciate that. Remember, there's a crown in the middle of your screen if you'd like to subscribe with Amazon Prime. And the other thing we have to get into, guys, is the recruiting class for the 2022 season. There's been a lot of buzz about 2023, and we will get to that at some point. Um, Not not this episode, but at some point we will talk about that class. But we do have to talk about the 2022 recruiting class. And one of our players actually lost um, his black stripe the other day. That is linebacker C.J. Hicks. He is the crown jewel of this recruiting class. So, I mean, just looking at the list of guys here, you have C.J. Hicks, five-star linebacker. Um, Sonny Styles, he's another guy that's really been impressing. He's a five five star as well. I mean, you have so much talent that we've brought in, but maybe not necessarily at positions that you're used to us recruiting pretty heavily. I mean, linebacker, safety, edge. Or, I mean, Devin Brown, a four star quarterback. What are your guys' thoughts on Ryan Day's recruiting class for 2022? Defense. Yeah, focus yeah. is obviously defense. We're going to be losing a lot of guys, uh, not only to graduation but hopefully the draft and uh defense has been you know with the new defensive coordinator coming in um it seems to be it seems to be the focus for ryan day because there's been a lot of a lot of times throughout his his short tenure where the defense has been the reason we've lost games and i think i think when you focus on the defense with such a good offense uh, that we have right now, um, that that shows that not only are you trying to win, but you're trying to win big, and that's mm-hmm. and that's what we're trying to do here at Ohio State. So, I think I think with uh, this recruiting class, defense heavy, um, but yeah, that that's pretty much all I got with that. Yeah, I mean, to me, the one that really stands out, I think, and this fills a huge need for Ohio State. Well, actually, two of them. I mean, C.J. Hicks, for sure. I mean, when you're a five-star linebacker coming in at a position that we really haven't had solved in a long time, really since Ryan Day has been here, and then Sonny Styles of safety, you bring in Jim Knowles to run that defense. He's going to get in players that he wants. And I think a 6'4", 215-pound safety is absolutely huge for this defense. Can't wait to see those guys play. And also, Devin Brown is a guy to keep an eye on. There was a report that he and uh, Kyle McCord are in the battle for the number two job. Looks like McCord's going to win that. 
But keep an eye on Devin Brown. He's been really impressive. C.J. Stroud's even called him out a couple times talking about that. So I think he's one to watch for the future. I, I like what we have. At the, I mean, it's hard to argue with what you have at the quarterback position in Ohio State because these guys just – Ryan Day just continues to bring in talent nonstop all the time. So uh, to touch on uh, C.J. Hicks a little bit, he, he was the Division three player of the year for, for Ohio uh, football. Um, he does it all, offensive player, running back, kick returner, punt returner, um, super athletic dude. And I think what they're trying to do with that defense uh, is get away from that old school mentality of, you know, the linebackers are the pluggers on the whole, you know, they're, they're not going to be the ones that are banging in between the tackles as much as that D line is going to be trying to get those tackles like initially. So I think they, they want to focus more on pass heavy defense and, I think it was an issue. If you remember back to, <laughs> if you remember back to the Alabama Ohio State national championship when Devontae Smith is just running past Tough Tough Borland, and Tough Borland can't he just can't keep up with Devontae Smith, and they, they were getting mm-hmm. in positions where um, the the receivers are way too athletic for linebackers to cover, and the speed of the defense is way too slow for the speed of the offense, and like that's that's an issue with college football in general. Yeah. But specifically at Ohio State, like that's something that that can't be happening. So I, I'm glad to see that that's something that we're focusing on. Uh, moving I was forward. say traditional year. traditional linebackers don't exist anymore. You, you don't see James Lornitis. Well, that's they, something that Ohio State has to get away from because they yeah. have such a great history of of these traditional yeah. linebackers. Mm-hmm. And so bringing in more athletic guys like like Steel Chambers stepping up and playing linebacker huge. It's huge because of his athletic ability. Uh, mm-hmm. One, he was he you know, he helped us fill a need, but he's a great athlete playing on the defensive side of the ball. So, all 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 in all, that's that's a that's a good thing to see, and that makes me excited as a fan knowing that we're trying to we're trying to fix those needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you absolutely have to fix. Those needs, especially on the defensive side, we just saw it too many times. Ohio State's offense can outscore anybody. I mean, we saw it many times, but the defense is what really is worrisome. And they brought in Jim Knowles to fix that. We'll get into more of the defensive side of the ball. But as we're getting ready here for the the 2022 season, the AP poll came out today, gentlemen, and it's interesting. It's it's definitely interesting. Ohio State ranks as number two in this poll behind who else but Alabama. Uh, it seems to be very frequent that we rank behind them, but it is what it, it is. What it is. Can't really uh, do much about it, but I, I'm going to pull it up here. I want your guys' initial thoughts on the poll itself. I mean, Alabama number one, Ohio State number two, Georgia three, Clemson four, Notre Dame five. By the way, that Ohio State-Notre Dame game at the shoe, 730, I'm telling you, it's going to be – place is going to be rocking. But initial thoughts on the top 25 as you, as it stands. You know, with Clemson's struggles last year, I was surprised that they, they were as high as they were. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to look at their recruiting classes previously. And, and they do have the talent on that team to be, you know, a top four team. So – that that was the first thing when I heard it. I was like, "Ooh, that's that's going to be interesting." Because if they get if they get any big losses, I think like 
if they lose a game in those first like three or four games, like they're they're no longer a top ten team. Like I think I think this is the AP basically saying, hey, we see we see those recruiting classes that you guys have been having. You know, you've had success in the past. We're gonna rank you high. And you know, you kind of get one shot at that, especially especially with a, a season like they had last year. So that that was the first thing that definitely stood out to me. I thought A&M and Utah were kind of interesting being so high too. I mean, I know Utah gave gave the Buckeyes a run for their money in the Rose Bowl, but I'm not sure how much they lost or, or whatnot. But seeing those two teams, you don't typically see those guys in the top ten in the AP poll. So it was just interesting to, to see some teams that are different. Now you see Baylor, they're creeping up there in the top ten too. So, I mean, it's just interesting to see some of these teams you're not used to seeing in the preseason AP poll. It's kind of um, – I'm definitely looking forward. So nine and fourteen, we have Oklahoma, and then we also have uh, USC. And with Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma, it's kind of surprising to see them as high as they are. Yeah, but, but it's going to be interesting. USC is going to be a fast riser for sure. If they start, if they start out hot, they're gonna they're gonna climb their way up there because that is not only an explosive quarterback that they have playing for them now in Caleb Williams, but they, uh, they have a great head coach. So it's going to be interesting to see how he does in his first season out, out West. And then also with them coming into the big 10, it's, you're going to have to keep an eye on them just to, <laughs> just to see how they're doing, because that's going to be a, that's going to be an in-conference rival for Ohio State years soon. So um, yeah, definitely. Definitely intrigued by USC this year. Yeah, the one and the very first one that just hit me and it doesn't make sense to me is Clemson. I mean, I get you can have strong recruiting classes and whatnot, but at quarterback, they have such it's such a messy situation there. And I, I questioned this last year because his record without Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson is pretty bad. Dabo Sweeney is he really as good of a coach as we think he is? Because unless he has a star quarterback, he doesn't seem to win games. Now, you can say that really about any, about probably any coach. But in college, though, I mean, a lot of times, if you have good players around them, these guys, these coaches can still win. DJ Ugalele had an awful season, and Clemson wasn't good. But so, wasn't I mean, he also a highly recruited quarterback? He was a five star quarterback, number so, one quarterback in that class, I believe. So, is that his fault or is that Davos' fault? That huh? Well, <laughs> I. <laughs> I'm just uh, advocate. <laughs> no, 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 for sure. I get it. I mean, it just seems like Clemson still has talent there, but like DJ Ugalele wasn't good. I mean, they have another five star. I, I don't, I don't study Clemson enough to know, but yeah. it just seems like without Trevor Lawrence, the majority of his wins were with Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson. And then I think the two or three, the two seasons he hasn't had them, he has a losing record. So, I mean, it, it's something to think about. I, I think Clemson's overrated this year. And then the other one that really stood out, just observations, is the fact that Big Ten will be as three teams in the top 25. I thought that was kind of interesting. Only three teams. We have four. We have four. So we have Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin. I did see Michigan State. Wow. Yeah. Okay. We we do have four, but uh, out of those three teams – that not kind of how stay out of those three teams, we will be playing all three this year. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it'll be fun. And you know, once the once the season shakes out, you're gonna have a lot of shuffling with, you know, 
whoever it may be, whether it's Penn State or Iowa, they always seem to have teams that are, are ranked at some point during the season. So um, I'm sure right now as it stands, Ohio State has four ranked opponents uh, with the preseason polls, but throughout the season we're, we're going to see some shuffling with those rankings. And, um, you know, those Big Tens, uh, just a conference that everybody – they usually got some dogs in them and they usually, they usually don't lay down for anybody. So it, it should be a good year. I mean, I'm, I'm super excited. I, I'm always excited for football season. So same. It's hard, it's hard, not, it's hard not to be excited for football. And there, there is the preseason award watch lists have been announced as well in Ohio <laughs> state. I mean, <laughs> as you can imagine, there's a ton of players on that list. We'll go through some of them. Can't, uh, Cameron Babb, who is going to have the zero jersey this year, he is awarded for community service. He's battled a ton of injuries since he got to Ohio State, but it's awesome to see him awarded for something. Denzel Ward, I mean, Denzel Burke, wow. Hopefully he's the next Denzel Ward. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the, <laughs> the next um, top defensive back for the Jim Thorpe Award, Zach Harrison has been awarded the Lottie Impact Award and, and Lombardi. Travion Henderson, preseason All-American, but also nominated for the Walter Camp Maxwell Award, Doak Walker Award, uh, first-team All-Big Ten um, preseason honors, Ronnie Hickman, Thorpe Award watch list. I mean, Paris Johnson, Lombardi Award, top lineman watch list. I mean, you just name it. It's numbers after numbers. Then you get Noah Ruggles, top place kicker. I mean, it just goes on and on. Jackson Smith and Jigba. I could read all those to you, but every award is nominated <laughs> for. Take you the hour. Yeah, and same with C.J. Stroud. So, I mean, going into this season, we'll get into a Heisman debate here later on. But out of those names on that on that list, who kind of surprised you the most as being nominated for a major award? Probably Zach Harrison. Just because his, his production hasn't been there uh, like we would have hoped. He has mm-hmm. – he has produced, but he he is this is a this is a year for him for sure because if he plays well this year he could, he could be uh, if not a first round pick a second or a third and and really make a name for himself. So I'm excited to see if he can you know answer the call on defense. Um, but some of those players, it's C.J. Stroud, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Trayvon Henderson, like those. Those guys aren't only like listed for preseason awards. Those guys are in the Heisman conversation, like mm-hmm. at this moment. Like Ohio State should realistically have two of those guys at the Heisman ceremony this year if everything pans out well. Knock on wood. Yeah, but, seriously. Yeah. What Nick, about you? for you, Nick? For you, who's the yeah. guy that? Because I, I agree, I agree with Jordan on this one. I, yeah. Zach Harrison really surprises me. Who else? I mean, is there anyone else that really surprises you that's nominated? I mean, not to me, not really outside of Harrison. I would say not really, but I, I appreciate Noah Ruggles so much. I mean, he was a great transfer portal get coming from North Carolina. I mean, he's been great for the Buckeyes ever since he got here. So yeah. I mean, he's just reliable, and you know he's going to knock it in. I mean, he's just been a great guy to have. There was a point last year, I can't remember the exact stat, but he was like, he didn't miss from like under 40 yards or something. Oh, the dude's automatic. Like I mean, automatic. 
but and yeah, he's, he's in Ohio too. So I mean, that's never easy. I mean, even if it's down in Columbus, it's, it's not Cleveland, obviously. But I mean, you still got to deal with all the elements in Columbus too. And he's just been all reliable when it comes to the kicking game. Mm-hmm. I thought. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think for me. <laughs> For me, it's also Zach Harrison. This is a guy who came in with so much hype, five-star recruit. Hasn't necessarily produced consistently. And part of that, too, the reason he came back, he was originally going into his junior year expected to be probably a first-round pick. That was the expectation from him. Did not have a great year. But one of the things he really struggles with is when he's rushing the edge, His bet, he's too stiff as a pass rusher, and there's no bend there. But he's also not able to really bull rush anybody. So he's not – he's got to have a year to where he shows that he can really rush around the edge or he's gotten stronger as as a um, as a defender because he's just – he lacks that. And you have defensive ends at Ohio State, Jack Sawyer, JT. We're going to talk about um, having potentially breakout seasons. But he's got to show up this year because I don't care if he's a senior – if Jack Sawyer, JT, and some of these younger guys outperform them, don't like you can't play them. So there's no longer Zach Harrison's this guy, and everyone else is around him. It's there's a lot of talent at that position. And he needs to, he needs to show up, not just to get drafted in the NFL, but to really start on this defense because Jim Knowles isn't isn't going to care. He's going to start whoever the best players are at that position. In the past, I think maybe with Combs. Kerry Combs, that was not the case, at least to me it seemed that way. But Jim Knowles is coming in here, and he's he's going to start the best players regardless. So, to me, I think it's definitely Zach Harrison. And I, I don't like being hard on Harrison because, I mean, I, I like him a lot as a player, but he's got to step up this year, and I think it's a pretty big worry. Well, and I know we, amongst ourselves, we've seen some pictures of Jack Sawyer recently, and that dude hit the weights. That man is a monster. And (laughs) it's unreal. I mean, he is huge. So, I mean, he's chomping at the bit to get out there on the field and prove himself on Saturdays. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, That's like I said, we're going to go later in the, uh, in the show, we are going to give like our breakout players uh, for this season. But as we're getting, as we're just doing our preview, we do have some games on the schedule. The ones that really stick out to me are you have Notre Dame at home. You have Wisconsin at home, you're at Michigan State, and then Michigan at home. Out of those games, I, I mean, besides beside Michigan, uh, that's the rivalry game. That's, like, the game. What outside on the schedule really sticks out to you guys the most? I was going to say Michigan. But yeah, I was going to say, Michigan's all about redemption. Michigan's good. <laughs> that game is going to be, I mean, it's going to be insane. The rivalry's back. Dude. Yeah. I mean, they, Michigan beat this one time and, you know. 10 it's years. Like, oh, it's the rivalry's back, baby. I'm like, all right, whatever you say. But no, I mean, that game's going to be crazy. I mean, even all the hype around this Notre Dame game, I mean, Marcus is over there. I guess he's saying how us Buckeyes don't go to class and all that stuff. And, you know, there's just a lot of hype and anticipation mounted up for, for yeah. that Notre Dame game. I will say, uh, you know, growing up a Ohio State fan, even like Marcus Freeman came to our, our high school football camp so like yeah we met yeah. him and at when he was like a buckeye and stuff like he talks a lot of trash about ohio state seriously <laughs> being the he was a captain and and one of those yeah. guys with the laurenitis where they were both just 
really good linebackers for Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And he talks a lot of trash about Ohio State for being for being a Buckeye. Yeah. Well, and, and the good thing about those couple games that, that TJ mentioned, the Notre Dame, Wisconsin, and Michigan, they're all at home. I mean, I think the Buckeyes have eight or nine home games this year. I mean, it's just insane how how much we have at home. So, I mean, that, that always helps when you have the home field advantage in the shoe. Um, but, I mean, and I'm sure Wisconsin, they won't ever be a slouch. I know we have to go to Penn State. On Halloween weekend, so I'm sure that'll be a whiteout. It'll be a night game. So I mean, it's always tough to play over in Happy Valley too. So there's just a lot of games on this schedule that, I mean, you could argue every Big Ten game is going to be tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could even argue Maryland. They've gotten better in the last few years. So I mean, they're going to be tough. There, there's not really any cakewalks in the Big Ten. Rutgers. Possibly They are improving. Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like, yeah, since they came over, they've gotten better. You they can argue. They had a couple wins last year. Yeah. I, I think the stretch that really worries me the most, and I think you guys will agree with this, there's a stretch, and it's about September 24th to October 29th. You're at home against Wisconsin. You're at Michigan State, and then you're at Penn State. I, I think that's the stretch of the season that if they lose a game at some point, which we will give a schedule prediction, um, not this week, but probably within the next week or two, we'll go through the schedule game and predict every game. But I think that one of those games worries me as far as a possible loss. I mean, Because you have Michigan State on the road, that state, I've been to that stadium, by the way. It's pretty terrible. But at the same time, Michigan State under Mel Tucker, they're a really tough team, even though they lost Kenneth, Kenneth Walker the third to the Seahawks in the NFL draft. But then at Penn State, it doesn't matter if Penn State is ranked or if they have one win. I mean, you're there in Happy Valley at night for what will be a whiteout, and that's going to be a massive game. Like, it doesn't matter. And it's going to be a tough place to play. It always is. So for me – I think those are the three that really stand out to me. Like that stretch of the season will determine, I think, if Ohio State goes undefeated. Because I think having Michigan at home this year, huge. I, I think we're, I, I, again, a lot of us are biased because we're huge Ohio State fans. Michigan is a really good team, but us being at home after mm-hmm. what happened last year, I really think, I, I think, uh, I think we're going to end up winning that game. Yeah. And, you know, we, we went to that Oregon game last year uh, together and, uh, that was, to say the least, a disaster. But I think what I think one of the big issues with that game um, was that was the first time CJ Stroud was in the spotlight. Yes, literally. Yeah. And you saw that throughout the season. After after that game, he turned himself into a top quarterback. And 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 like realistically, you look at the game. He didn't play terrible. He he made some mistakes, but. There, there was nothing that said like this guy cannot perform, but yeah. I, it was his first. It was his first game. So um, that being said, with Notre Dame as the first game on the schedule this year, I don't expect that same CJ Stroud from last year uh, in that Oregon game to come out there. I, I expect the CJ Stroud we saw in the Rose Bowl, I said, uh, and I expect him to light it up against. Oh him. yeah. I'm, I'm so I'm so excited for week one. I mean, it's, the lights are going to be on. I bet college game day is going to be in town. I mean, 
everyone is going to be watching that game in, in the country. I mean, it, it's just it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be going to be a lot of fun. The fact it's a night game week one, oh, man, that's absolutely exciting. And, guys, the captains were announced for this season. I'll read off the list of names. And then which ones off the list stand out? I think uh, one in particular will. But Cam Babb is a repeat captain. Actually, he is going to be joined by C.J. Stroud, Cade Stover, Tyler Friday, Tommy Eichenberg, and Court Williams. So Stroud was the overall vote-getter as far as being a captain. But off that list of names, who really stands out to you guys? I think we're all going to agree on this, but who really stands out? You, you guys want to say it on three? Yeah. <laughs> One, two, three, probably Cade Stover. Cade Stover. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Hometown boy. All right. So cool thing about Cade Stover, I went to our high school. Uh, now he's living the dream as an Ohio State Buckeye. Um, but I think the biggest thing that shows – like not he was named a captain, but I think the thing that stands out the most to me is that he played both sides of the ball last year and did it and did it well. I mean, I you could argue that he was our best linebacker at at, at that point when he was playing linebacker and he's making plays. Um, he he he's an amazing blocker in the tight end position. Super athletic guy. You, you honestly could put him anywhere on the field and he he would play well for you. So. Um, not not only did he go to our high school, but he, he is a fantastic player. So I'm excited to see him, you know, take that next step, and hopefully he he shines this year and and really makes a, a name for himself and among the Ohio State greats that have have been named captain. So I say definitely, he's, definitely excited. That Utah game, man, he stepped up big time on defense. I mean, that dude was everywhere. I know. I mean, he's played DN. He's played linebacker. He's played tight end. Like, it's insane. And, and and the fact that I mean, we saw him play in high school, and it's like we saw the greatness come through, and it's just, it's it's kind of cool to see him in the spotlight now as a captain. Yeah, that's an honor. The ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. insane. I mean, that's not just like a. Not everyday guys get to be captains at Ohio State. So the fact that these six guys get to be captains, it's a big deal. And it doesn't yeah. really matter. And you got to think. So the captains are voted among their like amongst their peers. So mm-hmm. these are the guys that the the players look up to, and then that they see that this person's putting in the work and has the leadership abilities to be named captain. So, so these guys they might not be the best players on the field, but they are the guys that are are respected amongst amongst their teammates. Yeah, I think the one. I mean, outside because we covered Cade pretty well. I think. Cam Babb, that really stands out to me. This is a guy who came in as a highly talented recruit. He was a four-star, battled, he's battled injuries his entire career. He still is now. But it just goes to show how much respect he has from his teammates. And I love seeing – when you have back-to-back captains like that, that's always awesome to see. So I think seeing him as a captain, I, I hope we have the opportunity to see him on the field. I have no idea if we will. Just again, given all his injury history, but I think seeing him on the field would really be awesome. I can't recall, unless you guys can, if we really have seen him on the field since he's been in Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, we were doing our little chat yesterday before, uh, just to get ready for this uh, podcast. And I think I made the comment, I was like, has he ever played for us? Like, 
and, and that's not a knock on him. That's more so yeah. just, just I've, I I really I know the name just because he was a captain last year, uh, but I cannot think of a single play that he's made uh, for our team or anything. So, I mean, if this is the year that he does it, by all means, go out there and kill it, Cameron. So like, we hope that you have a great season. And he is he is the Blocko, so he will be wearing zero this year. And I think that's that's the coolest honor to have as an Ohio State Buckeye. So you'll be wearing that number that's quite literally the team logo. So. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's, it's awesome to see things like that. And now we're going to get into a very fun conversation. So we have three players I think we can all make the argument that have a chance to win the Heisman Trophy. So we're each going to make a case for them. Jordan, I'm going to have you make a case for why C.J. Stroud – you're going to have the easy one. I'm going to let you make the case for why C.J. Stroud can and should win the Heisman Trophy this year. All right. So <laughs> so we were going over this yesterday, and his lowest rated game last year was the uh, – oh, shoot, let me find it. I think it was – what did I say? Do you guys remember when I said it was the lowest rated? Like Minnesota or something, per- wasn't it? Didn't you say Purdue? I'm pulling up the stats. It was some because it was something that we actually weren't expecting. It was yeah, we weren't expecting. Yeah. I think I think the game that stood out for us, just I think number one, we were at the game, but his like worst game last year was Oregon. And it, it like he didn't he not play that bad at Oregon, but last year he had a game where he threw two interceptions as against Nebraska at Nebraska. Uh, Ohio State won the game 26 to 17. He had 405 passing yards, completion percentage of 66%, uh, two touchdowns, two interceptions. That was his worst game as a quarterback last year. It was 400 yards passing. Um, And then you look at the Rose Bowl, absolutely bonker numbers, uh, out of this world quarterback. 573 yards, 80% completion, six touchdowns, one interception. Absolutely unreal. And you can make the argument we're in a pass-heavy system at Ohio State. The quarterback's always going to have numbers that are inflated. But to do it at that efficiency is, I think, worthy of a Heisman. Okay. And like I said, like last year, if we were going off stats alone – Alabama's not in the picture uh, for the national championship. C.J. Stroud's the Heisman Trophy winner. If we're just doing stats alone, no team names, you just see stats and player name, C.J. Stroud, the Heisman Trophy winner. Love it. All right, Nick. Absolutely. You get to choose. who. Okay. You want Jackson Smith and Jigba or you want Travion Henderson? I'll make an argument for both of them. (laughs) <laughs> which one which one do you want? Give me Jackson. Give me Jackson. All right, Smith. All right, you got Jackson. Jackson Just because it, Jig, but why, I think it's why should easier, he win the Heisman? Dude, this guy had 1,600 receiving yards last season on 95 receptions, dude. I mean, that is that is insane. Almost 17 yards a clip. I mean, and especially that you want to talk about Jackson Smith's numbers in that Rose Bowl. No Olave, no Garrison. Jackson Smith's the number one guy. 
he had 15 receptions, 347, three, <laughs> three touchdowns, a 23-yard average. You say he had I mean, that is just insane. Yards? Now, <laughs> he had 347 yards in that game alone. I mean, that is just, I mean, insane. Even, I mean, even again, another one, Nebraska, 15 receptions, 240 yards, and a touchdown. My dogs are acting up. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, I mean, they are just, Jackson Smith is just an all around guy. He's got speed, he's got the physicality. I mean, he's six foot, 198. So, I mean, he's put together. He's got all the weapons. I think he's a great mixture of Olave and Wilson together. His route running is great. And then his just his athletic ability to take the top off is insane. I mean, you see in that Utah game, he's catching he's catching five yard routes and just cutting up field and taking off. He's the guy he's a guy that uh, in the in the process for like the draft process, the combine and stuff, he wouldn't have to run a forty. They know that dude can fly. They know that dude can fly. I mean, he is just I mean, it's insane how athletic he is. And, and I mean, like I said, he's he's the best of Olave and Wilson put together. I mean, he, he really is. And I, I mean, this year is going to be a huge year for him. He's going to be receiver number one. I mean, yes, you'll have Marvin Harrison Jr., who I'll talk about later. But, I mean, JSN is – all eyes are going to be on him and that receiver. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. All right. Well, that was that was uh, that that was really that was a really good argument. Now I have the fun one. I got Travion Henderson. I I love Travion Henderson, and the fact he did what he did as a freshman at Ohio State is truly remarkable. This guy is going to be a sophomore, so we don't just have him this year. We also have him next year. Like first of all, let's just take let's just just sit here and be amazed by that for one (laughs) and just enjoy that second this man only had 183 rush attempts (laughs) let let, let me say that again Travion Henderson only ran the ball 183 times because he was sharing a backfield with Mayan Williams and and Master Teague that's not going to happen anymore that's no that's done Travion Henderson is about to be the running back one that should get all the touches in this offense. Last year, 183 carries, 1,200 yards, 15 touchdowns, but that's not even the impressive thing, those numbers, which are really impressive. He, This man averaged 6.8 yards a carry. Say that correctly. 6.8 yards a carry as a freshman running back at one of the top programs in the country. What's he going to do for an encore? I mean, you're talking, if this guy gets all the touches at running back, 15, 1,600 yards, 20 touchdowns, he'll also probably be more involved in the passing game because last year, 27 catches, 312 yards, and four touchdowns. Trigon Henderson is a blur. Get him the ball in space and he's gone. We talked about Jackson Smith and Jigba. He can do that. But, I mean, Trigon's the guy who I think people are sleeping on more than those two. Stroud and – JSM are the guys that like, oh yeah, they they easily could win the Heisman Trophy and it wouldn't surprise anybody. But Travion Henderson is a guy that everybody is sleeping on. And you don't hear his name mentioned a lot when it comes to the Heisman talk. And I'm really not sure why. 
because he is, and I'm going to say this, and I firmly believe it, is the most talented running back in college football. There's a lot of really good running backs. Uh, Bijan Robinson out of out of Texas is really good. Um, you have Zach Evans that transferred to Ole Miss. There's there's a ton of really good running backs, but Travion Henderson as a sophomore has the most talent at the running back position in college football. And give him the touches, and he can win the Heisman Trophy. I I I said this. I tweeted this out last year. And I, and I stick by this. He will win a Heisman Trophy before he leaves Ohio State. You can book it. You can take it to the bank, put a deposit on it. Trayvon <laughs> Henderson will win a Heisman as an Ohio State football player. Boom. You channeled your, your inner skip list there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. I'm, I'm pumped about Trayvon. Yeah, I, I, I seriously love him as a player. Is it one of the points yeah. he didn't even make was that we're, we're a pass-heavy And you know crazy about those numbers? I did not even play four times in, the, in that Oregon game. He didn't even play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, we're a pass-heavy offense. How, like, <laughs> <laughs> he's still running for 1,200 yards Dang. because he gets the ball and he's getting seven yards of carry. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's – he, he's a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And since we are um, running just a little bit low on time, we want to get into our breakout players for this year. We each picked one offensive player and one defensive player on the side of the ball that we think is going to step up and have a really big year for Ohio State. First off, J.D., start us off. And, again, like I said, we're running a little short on time, so I want to give the condensed version. Give your two guys, first off, Ohio State wide receiver Julian Fleming. Yeah, so Julian Fleming's definitely going to be uh, my breakout player on offense. Uh, he is a very highly touted receiver who just has not had an opportunity to play. He's he's been on the field, but he has not been on the field in a lot. So like his his career high is five catches, and that was in the Rose Bowl, and we were just slinging it all over the field. And he's only has a career high of fifty three yards in a game. Uh, I expect that to change this year. I expect him to have multiple 100-yard receiving games. Dude's an absolute monster. I mean, he's six foot two, 205 pounds, was the nation's top-ranked receiver out of high school, um, number two overall player. So he, he's one of those guys that I think is going to benefit from Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave not being on the field. And I think he's going to prove that, hey, I was number one player in the country for a reason number one receiver recruit um, and he's going to, he's going to really make his name this year. Love it. Love it. Now the defensive side of the ball, tell us about Mr. Hope we hope is the next Denzel Ward. As I said earlier, Denzel Burke. Yeah. So Ohio state CBU, um, you know, we got a great history of, of cornerbacks and I think Denzel Burke's going to be the next guy. And he, he may not be a, uh, a true breakout player, but being a true freshman last year uh, and playing as well as he did, I think the sky's the limit for this guy. And so I'm just looking forward to this season. Um, I fully expect him to be an All-American back uh, on the corner. And uh, he's I think he's just going to take that next step, and he's going to be that guy that everyone's talking about as a top-five draft pick uh, come his, his junior year. Yeah, love Denzel Burke. Can't argue. Can't argue with that. All right, Nick, you 
You got one of our favorites here. Tell us about what Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, first off, this dude is just a specimen as well. <laughs> Similar to Julian Fleming, this guy is 6'3", 205. I mean, first off, as a receiver, that's insane. I mean, that is a big man running down the field and running down the field quickly. So why I think he's going to be a, a, a breakout guy this year, first off, with all the eyes and likes on JSN, I think Jackson Smith's going to draw a lot of doubles. People are going to roll a lot of coverage over there. So, I mean, like like with Julian as well, Marvin and Julian, they're, they're both going to get a lot of balls thrown their way, I think. I mean, and I think they're going to be able to take a lot of pressure off of CJ and off of Jackson Smith as well. And also with his frame, I mean, he's 6'3". He's, he's basically another tight end out there, out wide. I mean, he, he's going to make a big difference in the red zone immediately. I mean, anytime you're in the red zone, you could argue, I'm just going to throw it up top to Marvin Harrison. He's going to go up and go get it. And then especially in the Rose Bowl. I mean, that was probably his best game last season. He caught six passes, 71 yards. He had three touchdowns. A couple of those were in the red zone. I mean, I wasn't there one. He had an insane, like, toe tap in the back of the end zone in that, in the, in that game. I mean, the mm-hmm. dude is just a freak. Offensively, I mean, I've seen videos of him in this offseason. <laughs> the jug. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, he, he literally put a ball in the jug machine, launched it, took off down the field. He caught it. I mean, that, that is insane. I mean, he's just a freak of nature. And, I mean, I'm really excited to see him play offensively. Not to mention his dad's uh, Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. And, and he's the, yeah, the son of Marvin Harrison. So, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no big deal there. Now, defensive side of the ball. All right. Very impressed if you could say this name correctly. I just call him JT because it's the easiest thing for me to say. So tell, tell us about this man. Who, JT Tuimalau, you mean? That's <laughs> All right. All right. right. Last season, okay, last season, he was the highest-ranked defensive prospect Ohio State signed since, like, in the modern era, so 2000 to now. I mean, he's a five-star. Dude is huge. He played it every game last season. I, I mean, and I and I remember him, especially in that Oregon game. He came in as a true freshman and was making plays and and drives late in the game. I mean, he was in the game late when when the Buckeyes were making their comeback. And I mean, he he is just gonna he's gonna be all over the field. He's he's strong. He, he can bull rush. He can rush, rush off the edge. I mean, the dude is just the complete package when you're looking at a defensive lineman. So, I mean, this season, I, I think he's just going to have a monster year. I mean, he's 6'4", 272. I mean, I know he even wanted to play basketball at Ohio State, but I, I don't think Coach Day was going to let him do that anyway. Um, but I mean, he's just a freak of nature as well as Harrison. So I'm, re- I'm really excited to see him play and, and really get pretty much all the, the team one snaps this season and see what he can do with them. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, he wasn't supposed to play last year, right? Correct. He, gra- correct. he graduated early just yeah. to, he to play last play. season. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. he could come to Ohio State early and play. And he, yeah. I mean, so basically he was a senior oh, in high school. He was a senior in high school, technically, I mean, if you want to argue that, playing yeah. against college players already. I mean, it's insane. No. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely nuts. And since we are, since we were talking defense just now, a good question came in. What base D does Jim Knowles run? To answer your question, MGans23, he runs a 4-2-5. So he's going to be running four down linemen, have two linebackers. But 
he likes to have a secondary that can fly around. So he has a safety that's going to be called the bullet, a nickel cover safety as well, but then he likes to have a single high safety. So something to keep in mind there, he brought in, we were able to bring in Tanner McAllister, who he worked with at Oklahoma State for his senior year. He'll be a Buckeye, so that's just something to keep in mind there. Um, and real quick, um, OCU underscore doctor underscore J asks us, do you guys agree with the team's pick for the top five? We're at number two, obviously Alabama one. You think Notre Dame should be five? I think Notre Dame's overranked every year. All yeah, they're they're always right now. Until they win a national championship, they're always overranked. Join a conference, too. <laughs> yeah, that's a, unfair. That's unfair. <laughs> I think the best – I think it was really good when they were in the ACC for that COVID year, and they, they actually had to play a conference schedule. Um, so we really got to see that. But, yeah, I mean, the top five, it's going to change. So Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia – that's a great top three. And then, like we talked about earlier, Clemson being number four is questionable. But because of those prior recruiting classes, they're going to be up there. And then Notre Dame, they just have a lot of hype every year. So <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a Notre Dame fan. I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't. I can't ever give them any benefit of the doubt. Yeah, neither can I. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely a couple of really good questions for sure. Now, now my two players. I'm really surprised none of you guys. I, I Marvin Harrison Jr. I get JD. I'm a little surprised you didn't take this guy here. And that's you almost at, did. at wide receiver, Emeka Abuka. I, I right. love this kid. He's Six, 205 pounds. So he's a tr- he was a true freshman last year. He didn't contribute a lot. I mean, and that's understandable. You have Chris Olave in front of you. Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, you're not going to get a ton of reps. And a lot of these guys, when they come in and commit to Ohio State's five stars, they know this. So Emeka Buka doesn't get a ton of reps. But one of the things he excelled at, and I think this really flew under the radar a lot because we haven't really had a great returner at Ohio State since Chris Gamble and Ted Ginn Jr. So, I mean, that's really the last time. He is a great punt returner and kick returner. This is a guy that's just electric when he gets the ball in his hands. And he's going to make a difference. I don't – how they sort this offense out at wide receiver, I'm so glad I don't have that job as Ryan Day. I, I don't know how you do I mean, he's going to spread them four wide and chuck it downfield. you got to get Trayvon Henderson the ball too. I mean, the other thing – like, we could – honestly, we could beat Texas Tech and just run an air raid offense with the receivers we have and just – it wouldn't be close. But – like, Emeka Buka is a guy who's going to have a breakout season this year. There's a good chance he's going to end up playing in the slot with uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr., and Julian Fleming on the outside. How they rotate that will be interesting. But Emeka Buka is more your slot guy. He's going to be explosive. He's going to add a lot to the offense again. He only had 191 yards receiving, no touchdowns, but he averaged 21.2 yards a catch on nine receptions. So, Three catches, 46 yards against Utah. I think that was a sign of things to come. I think Abuka's going to have a great season. Another former number one wide receiver recruit that Brian Hartline's brought in here. And I'm going to end our breakout players with a guy who I was a little surprised didn't contribute a little bit more last year, and that's Jack Sawyer, the five-star recruit. And he was one of – like JP, though, he was one of the highest defensive recruits we've had in a long time. He has the number 33 after Ohio State great James Laurinaitis. 
he just didn't show up a lot for me. And again, I think there was a lot of like, there's a lot of depth at defensive end. I mean, you had Tyreek Smith, Jack Harrison, JT, but then Sawyer, your fourth, the end, I figured he'd contribute a little bit more or push Zach Harrison or Tyreek Smith. He really didn't do that a lot. I mean, he had nine sacks and one in one forced fumble, only nine tackles. So I think he's going to have a much bigger role this year. He's 6'4", 260 pounds, and that might need to be updated after the pictures we've seen of him this offseason. Anyone that's in this weight program at Ohio State, I'm surprised Noah Ruggles doesn't weigh 250 pounds and is jacked like a bodybuilder. I mean, it's just nuts to me. Like, it's just nuts. And Jack Sawyer's a guy, he's he's a former five-star. You know he's going to make an impact sooner rather than later. I'm hoping it's not another Zach Harrison situation. I don't think it is. I was just surprised because last year for me, I wasn't expecting JT to come in and really perform that well right off the bat. I was thinking it was going to be Jack Sawyer. JT would be your fourth at the end. JT was getting starting reps at the end of the year over Jack Sawyer. So definitely something to keep in mind as we move into the season. I think Jack Sawyer is going to have a huge season. Really excited for him. And the what are, where I want to end things, guys, this will be the, the last thing we talk about tonight. Ryan Day made a comment nick do you want to tell us what that comment was oh i don't remember the exact I'm a, it, so pull it up Brian <laughs> day likes to talk and, <laughs> and uh yeah so basically he he just went and said at ohio state 11 and 2 is not a good like 11 and 2 and winning the rose bowl is a good season at any other school but not ohio state so <laughs> he's basically putting pressure on himself to win a natty this year, bring home a ship for the boys. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it's, it's that expectation that Ohio state has for, for our program is it's, it is national championship or bust. Um, but I don't think that means he's, he's on the hot seat by any means. He, I, yeah, I agree. He's been an exceptional coach. Um, 11 and 2 at any school in the country is a great record. Yeah, you're getting a big extension. Especially if you win the the Rose Bowl. Um, it's not a national championship, but it is it is prestigious and uh, you're not going to lose your job over it. Now, that being said, if he if he keeps having 11 and 2 records and losing to Michigan at the end of the season, that's where questions are going to start coming up. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, I am so shocked as an Ohio State mission, or as an Ohio State fan that Jim Harbaugh still has a job, but he, but he finally pulled it out. So I guess patience is is key for Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, do you think? And again, hot seat hot seat is not the term, but do you think there is pressure on Ryan Day to bring to bring us a national championship? I mean, absolutely. I mean. I, yeah, I think so for sure. Especially like like Jordan said. I mean, you lose to Michigan once. All right, we'll, we'll give you a pass. I mean, it happens, you know. But if he continues to lose those big games and not win Big Ten championships and I mean stuff like that, I mean then questions will be asked. And so I think with this roster that he has this season, it's definitely. I mean, national championship is top of mind. I mean, yes, you have a new D coordinator, but I think it has to – we have to at least be there. You know, if we lose in the natty, 
we were there, but obviously national championship or bust is pretty much how the Buckeyes roll overall. I mean, so I, I think – and the and, and the scheduling, the schedule is favorable. We have a lot of home games, so there's no excuse that we should lose at home again or anything like that. I mean, there might be a trap game here or there, but I, I think we, we need to be there at the end of the year. I just yeah. Like, I'd like to make one point. Uh, being an Ohio State fan is expected. You're expected to win, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're expecting your team to go out there and win. And uh, being a Browns fan, it's not quite the, the same. <laughs> you're not quite expecting to go out there and win. And growing up in Ohio, being a fan of both teams, I, I can say that Ohio State probably saved my football fan fandom from – falling into a darkness that I I would have just turned the TV off and walked away. So yeah. we'll say, <laughs> I will say we are expecting to win at Ohio State. So. Yeah. I mean, I, and I'll, I'll pretty much just recap what you guys are saying. I, I do believe there's pressure on Ryan day to win it, win a championship here. And that, that should be the case when you're a top program like Ohio State, it's great winning Big Ten championships. Like, that's fantastic. And that should be the bare minimum. But you've got to start bringing in national championships. Urban Meyer brought in a national championship. Surprised it was only one. Jim Trussell brought a national championship. It should have been more than that as well. But all the great Ohio State coaches bring a national championship. And then Ryan Day needs to do that. He just signed a huge extension. He needs to deliver. I mean, we've gotten to this point. We've gotten to the championship game under him and lost. Now we need to win it. And this team is, but with Alabama, the two best teams in the country. And this team should make the, the champion, national championship game. It should. that, But Ryan Day has to deliver that. He's got all the talent in the world. He now has a defense, the one of the, if not the best defensive coordinator in college football. It's time for him to, to deliver. So I, I think there is pressure on Ryan Day. It's, of course, like we said, he's not on the hot seat. But if you lose again to that team up north and you don't win and you don't win a national title or even a Big Ten title, maybe uh, that seat gets a little hotter in 2023. But yes, for right now, I'd say he's just he's just under some pressure. But I, I think he'll end up delivering. Well, before, guys, before we wrap it up, you guys have anything else you want to add? Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, man. I'm ready, <laughs> ready for these to continue. It's been a, been a good first episode. Yeah, only a couple more weeks. I'm ready. We're almost there. We're all hey, we're almost there. Guys, be sure if you're not already, bring a new Twitter account. Give us a follow at the SG underscore podcast. Please just go give us a follow on Twitter. And remember, right now, if you're not follow, if you're in on the live stream right now and you're not following the channel or subscribing to the channel, please do that. All you have to do, click that follow button. And again, you can subscribe for free with Amazon Prime. Network 216, we appreciate all your support. That way we can bring you Ohio sports content daily. And right now with Underdog Fantasy, you have to remember Best Ball Mania 3 is going on, and you want a chance to win $10 million. I mean, that's life-changing money for anybody, especially especially in today's world. And you have your opportunity to do so with Best Ball Mania 3. You get to draft your lineup against other people, but you're not using a salary cap like DraftKings or FanDuel. You get to actually draft your team live they're going to start your best players every single week no waivers no trades 
Underdog Fantasy will handle everything for you. Use code 216 to double your first deposit for up to $100. Be sure right, right after us, and I mean right after us, tune in to Down with the Browns. The crew, Christian, Manny, Mac, and Ed and Columbus are going to be live on the Twitch channel. We are the Scarlet and Gray Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in, and go Bucks.